Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverell. I'm Chris Sasser, and we uh, are in part two of the conversation we had last time where we are talking about really authority and the importance of authority in your life and kind of what's going on when it comes to authority in the world and how I think all of us, uh, even those of us who, who are believers and we follow Jesus, we, we sometimes struggle with authority. And it's been kind of interesting over the last number of years to see people on the political spectrum who are followers of Jesus on both sides yeah. <laughs> struggle with authority. And we kind of talked about that. But for me, part of what, what kind of drives me in having this conversation um, is around the next generation and what's happening yeah. with them when it comes to uh, kind of authority and how they're understanding authority. And I was talking to a friend not too long ago, and he, he was sharing about how he was struggling with leading a few young adults who work for him. And, and his organization had made a particular decision that was going to impact his staff and their responsibilities. And he was in a meeting one day, and he communicated this decision to the team. And, and they kind of quickly met him with, oh, sorry, uh, we can't do that. These are people that that work for him. He's hired them. He pays them a wage, a salary. Right. He's the boss. Yeah. And they were like, nope, we can't do that. And he was kind of dismayed. And, and, Gosh, and he kind of wow. decided to push and explain why this decision was best. And they continued to push and told him that that it was interesting. The word he used that his request was not possible and they couldn't do it. Wow. wow. And as they talked about kind of the situation and the dynamics that were at play, I mean, what he and I identified is that he's dealing with an authority issue. Yeah. And a lot of these young adults, they, they, they're being paid for their services. They looked at this Ooh. conversation as a request more than a directive from their boss. And then they, the, the interesting thing is they just felt really, really comfortable saying, nope, wow. we're not going to do that. Right. They're, they're, right. Yes, there definitely could be some other issues going on. Got a lot going on there, I'm sure. But yeah. it just it was so interesting to me. And, and I have to be honest, I feel like mm. that is what I do see more and more from yeah. the next generation. Um, and maybe that happened a lot, <laughs> you know, but mm. I don't remember kind of doing that to people. Like I remember being kind of scared of the people that I worked for. Right. Well, and, I think that you, right? the generational issue that you're probably looking at is this, is that authority is to be questioned and yes. at least held in suspect. For sure. And I get that there's a need for accountability, but at some point I think we, I think if authority is, if my obedience to authority has got to be, you know, somehow explained or justified um, in my mind and wrestled with as to whether or not I do that, again, I'm left to my own understanding of something. And not that our understanding is not important, but I do believe that God has actually given authority in positions and roles. And, you know, it should be measured up to what God's authority is. Right. But I don't think that what you're pointing at is a generational question about God's authority. No, because it, it was nothing kind of spiritually or you know morally wrong or anything yeah. against Scripture that He's asking them to do. It was, hey, I'm the boss. This is what I need you to do. And the answer on the other side was, sorry, no. we're not doing that. Yeah, I think yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it is tough. It yeah. is tough. I mean, I, one of the things that I've kind of run across recently is 
Uh, and, and this is where I think, you know, we as adults and, and maybe even parents sort of subtly play into this with our kids. I ran into this cartoon mm. uh, not too long ago, and it, it was a, it was a picture. It kind of had two pictures on it. One on the left was um, kind of in a school setting, and it was uh, mom and dad along with the teacher on one side of a desk. Mm. And they had kind of a, a paper in their hand that had bad grades on it, you know, failing grades. And the student was on the other side of the desk, and, and the the quote was, um, explain these grades. Mm -hmm. And that was 1970, I think it was. And then on the right side of this cartoon was a, a kind of a different version of that picture. It was mom and dad and the student on one side of the desk. Right. Same paper in their hand with the failing yeah. grades, teacher on the other, and mom and dad and the student saying to the teacher, explain these grades. Right. Wow. As if, you know, it, it, we weren't holding the child responsible for the work that they had or hadn't done. The, the parents, along with the kids, were going to hold the teacher responsible right. for it. And to me, that feels like, it, yes, that's kind of what happens in our culture sometimes, mm. whereas parents were trying to help and lead and protect our kids. But there's a subtle undermining of authority that happens in the process. In the process. Us. Wow. And we do that. I don't know if you, you <clears> see <throat> or feel that in any situations. No, that you're absolutely. In. And I do, I do think it's like, okay, so if the authority has been given to parents and then the authority has been given to the teacher. You know, and so that's a parental place of like what's wisdom needed here because ultimately what do you want your child to, 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 to do? Do you want your child ultimately to question the legitimacy of that authority or do you want them to submit to that authority? Correct. And I think that that's been the element that we've taken out. And is there a goodness to just to teaching your kids submission to authority instead of questioning it? And I would go, absolutely. If you want to push back, I mean, I go to this place recently, like if I don't know how to do something, I'll, why am I so easily turning on YouTube and learning the way? I'm trusting the authority, so to speak, of somebody. Somebody it's, who's in their I, back porch in right, Alabama, right? I'm not sitting back judging whether or not it's true. <laughs> right. whether or not, And so I will somewhat, it's a given trust, not earned yet. Right. And I do think, okay, there are things even about scripture that, you know, if God is ultimate authority, he doesn't give us an explanation for why he thinks and does what he does. There is an expectation of do of, of trust me here and we do, or we don't, we can question. And I'm not saying that it's not good for people to investigate and question. I think God is big enough for that. But at the same time, there's going to be a threshold for the healthiness of an individual to to give that trust away that you look, if you have to have all the answers, if you have to have an exact understanding of something before you g give that trust to something, then where is the trust really? Yeah. You know? And so there isn't, and I think God is saying, look here, here, here's how to do this, do it and watch what happens. And in that you start learning that God's order works. I don't have to have a scientific explanation before I trust. If I do, well, you can end up on both sides or any side and really never have that trust given nor know, quote, the goodness of authority, which is ultimately God's order. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to, you know, teaching, for me, teaching my kids or grandkids, these guys are in positions of authority and you should submit. You should learn with a submissive attitude and if it doesn't turn out right, which I don't find a lot of times that it doesn't, it usually does turn out right. There are some exceptions, but even those become teaching moments and you can help a kid learn, look, here's a place where authority was misused, abused, or not done mm -hmm. right. But I don't think that negates the need for us to help our kids especially learn how to submit to authority. Why are we having so much chaos 
even here in America with with what we're seeing when it comes to things that we disagree about. Yeah. You know, and that's right. It's because there isn't a respect for authority and there's more of a judgment of it. Oh yeah. So true. It's funny. That makes me think of two things. Number one is, you know, that there a couple of years ago, and I think this is still prevalent, you know, in, in different leadership books where you're uh-huh. having to kind of lead people. And, and I think specifically next generation, what, what is always sort of coached is that you have to, to sort of lead with the why before the what. Yeah. You have to tell people why you want them to do something before you tell them what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. And that feels like maybe it is a generational subtle shift, but it's, it's kind of, it, it's doing the thing that you were just sort of pushing back on. It's, it's right. helping people have to understand everything before they can say yes. or before right. they can trust before they, they can go there. And I feel like that's just kind of got to be a dangerous place. It is. And I think for us to be because, because yeah. I'm never going to get those answers from God. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to know all of the whys behind my relationship with God and behind what God's doing in the world. And so therefore, is that going to slow me down right. on what God's asking me to do? Right. And I think some people could make the case, well, yeah, but that's God and, and you're not. Sure. But yeah. at the same time, I'm going, no, wait a minute. It's the order and the principles of God that I have this role as a parent. Yes. You know, and so God gave me this authority knowingly that I was not going to always be perfect in it. But he didn't take the authority away from me. I still have it. And so if a kid, and we know this even in modern psychology, it's not even a Christian issue, but kids' kids' development, when they're growing up, they before they have this ability to basically think in the way of understanding why, which at that point a parent needs to engage differently, it is learning that your parents are in charge, your parents are good, and you need to do that without explanation. Now, there comes a point where you'll want to help your kid understand but it's not when they're growing up in those early years. So what's happening right there, even in the God-ordained given authority to a parent, is not that they need to have the explanation of why, going back to what you're saying. It is more about the who, and the yeah, who is your right. parent. But what a kid learns in that who without explanation is, is they're, that they're loved. Yes, that's right. And there's a protection there. And they didn't have to understand why. They just had it, and they got to experience it. Let me read this. Um, this is from a book that I, I stumbled on a couple of years ago, a guy named Paul Tripp, who I'm sure you oh, yeah, know well. Yeah. Um, he's got a book called Parenting, 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family. And here's a little excerpt from that that I think speaks to what you were just saying. Um, <clears throat> here's God's amazing plan. He makes his invisible authority visible by sending visible authority figures as his representatives. Mm. This means that every time you exercise authority in the lives of your children, it must be a beautiful picture of the authority of God. In the lives of your children, you are the look of God's face, you are the touch of his hand, and you are the tone of his voice. You must never exercise authority in an angry, impatient way. Sorry, I'm guilty of that. Um, Mm -hmm. You must never exercise authority in an abusive way. You must never exercise authority in a selfish way. Why? Because you've been put into your position as parent to display before your children how beautiful, wise, patient, guiding, protective, rescuing, and forgiving God's authority is. That's good. That's yeah, good. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. And it's what is exactly what you were talking about yeah. just a moment ago. And I think even as an adult, <clears throat> when we mess it up because we're not going to do it perfectly, yeah. well, I think even in that order, it's not the it's not that the that authority has failed. It's that a, a human, if you want to use the word fail, has failed in the way of handling that authority that they've been given. Right. It doesn't eliminate them from the authority that they still have. Yeah, that's right. And so you would think, well, why is that so important? Because God left us, as as he's saying, the authority. Rep- the authority is a representative. My ability to go back to my child or to whomever and say, 
hey, I messed up here. That is even in God's order yes. for the goodness of that child. And that's why I go back, okay, what is authority? It's, it's, it's exercising the strength and order that God, that's a godly characteristic so that I'm able to, to use that for the betterment of my child. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, That's so good. Okay, we're going to have to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment talking a little bit more about how we as believers can step into our role in authority. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with a voice of hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. Welcome back to A Voice of Hope. Chris Esser and Troy Peverall finishing up our conversation about authority. We've had lots of good um, comments over the last uh, two episodes really about our struggle with authority and what's going on with authority. But Troy, I know that you've got a couple of just sort of principles that we can kind of focus on when it comes to being believers in Jesus and how it is that we want to handle authority. So why don't you talk us through a couple of those? Yeah, I, uh, the, um, one of the verses that stand out, stands out to me is just found, it's found in Hebrews, which says he is the author and finisher of our faith. And I look at, I look at these two words, the author, and then I look at the word finisher. For me, the author is just, hey, he's, he's, he created this. You think of the word author, this is kind of where authorities come from. Um, so wrapped up inside of authority is the one that created authority. Um, he designed it. He is the author of it. But I love the fact that there's also a finisher of our faith. And when I look at the word finisher, just to me, this is just what comes to my mind, is there's going to come a point where um, – faith is no longer needed because we're going to actually be in the presence of God. There's no more believing on principles and then seeing you're, we're actually going to get to see. And so faith doesn't have a, have a need at that point, but until that time. So my time here that God creates authority, he is the author of my life until I see him, which will be the finishing of my faith, Mm. that there is a, there is a connection of order that happens based upon another one, which is, the attitude of this authority, which is to submit to it. And so again, I go to the second thing here in Romans 13, one, it says everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. I know again, this brings the question of what do we have? What do we do when we see the God given authority roles breaking down because they will, they've been, because they're given unto man and man is, is fallen. 
Um, but uh, the good news is there's hope in that as well. Um, the third thing that comes to my mind in just principles um, is that those that we are given, supposed to give this attitude of submission to, um, in, is God, is governor, I mean, governance um, given to people, it's, it's parents, it's also pastors and teachers. And just speaking of one of which, Chris, you know, I, I know that you didn't know I was going to say this, but Chris has written a book called Bags, and he talks about um, authority in one of the, the uh, chapters and just the importance of that, that you'll get a lot more meat and content uh, if you pick up that book. So I would really recommend that. But uh, again, God is the author of our faith, the finisher of it. Um, he wants us to submit to uh, his places of authority that he's given. But again, at the end, I think when man does wrong with authority, um, we need to go back to the ultimate authority and and look and see and measure, okay, what man is saying that are in these positions of, of authority, but what does God's word ultimately and what does God want ultimately with um, these same issues that perhaps may be counterproductive mm-hmm. with each other. Can I ask other? a question about that? Yeah. Because part of what you said is when man does wrong with authority. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there are more times than not where man just does what I don't like uh-huh. with authority and it's not necessarily quote unquote wrong. Mm-hmm. What do we do with that? So, so give me an, ex- uh, an example of that. Well, I mean, I don't know that I have a specific example, but it's just, you know, political decisions will get made. And it's not necessarily right or wrong, evil, not evil, against God, for God. It's just a decision. Right. But yet, we want to um, to not follow that authority. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, th- I think there, there are clear instances when somebody makes a decision that would be against you know, okay. what God wants, mm-hmm. that we, we clearly shouldn't follow that authority. But I think so often it's just, it's not right or wrong. It's not sinful. I just don't like it. You just don't want to follow the authority. Yeah. Right, right. And I think that's what happens kind of more often than not, because there are people who are <clears throat> in, in the political spectrum. There are people who are followers of Jesus right, on both sides of a lot of issues. Yeah. And, and, and they just don't want to submit on one side or the other. Right. If that makes sense. So maybe there's not even an answer to that. It's just uh. an interesting observation to me. And I've even said this in parenting sometimes how, you know, sometimes my kids will be doing something and it's not right or wrong or sinful. It just bugs me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I, I want to be sort of against it. And, and that's kind of a control thing, I think, often. I think that's right. Good, I mean, I think that's a good word to just kind of to remember is, again, like we all have our stories with authority. If everyone just took the took the time to answer this question and think about it, <clears throat> which is, you know, what do or how do I handle authority? Um, we'd be across the spectrum as to where we would be, but there's a story behind why I resist authority just in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I have that story. I I understand that story more and more and more, but I think that I'm not released without having the authority. I have it in this lifetime. Um, even, even through man and what to do with that. I think that the picture of what, you know, good authority is that God has given to man, um, at, that's inside of his principles need to be known by me. And I need to deal with the resistance that I have just to do it yeah, anyway. Right. Sure. But I think that there's the other part of what do I do with authority that actually is, is, is being used by the enemy and sure. it's not okay. Sure. And there is a clarity there. Sometimes I don't know that there is a clarity. Maybe there's just kind of a, I don't really know. And I would say go further with that. I remember I was telling somebody a story recently where 
back in the day, um, I made a statement in my, <laughs> in, in my youth, so to speak, but I think I was onto something at the same time. And I made the statement, I said, you know, there's a, there is no gray. There's only a black and a white. And my pastor and boss said to me, Hmm. And so, you know, questioning that. And I, I knew what he was questioning, but what I didn't go into is that I believe that there's this place where there's a right and a wrong. God's word teaches this. It's clear. Um, And even when it's not, and the places of in between of where I would call gray, I think even inside the gray, it's not that there's not an answer or something that needs to be pushed or investigated that God would ultimately perhaps want Mm -hmm. from me. Right. It's that I want seek him to hear from him. And so when I do, I am closer to discovering, I think, even inside that gray, God's will for me. We could take multiple issues. We could take the issue of, you know, is it right or wrong to drink alcohol? Or, you know, we can see clearly there's some black and whites in the scriptures about that. But then there is room here also say, well, maybe maybe it is okay in certain places. So you could take that gray issue and go, well, okay, that means I'm free to do it. Or, no, I should not. But I'm the, well, how are you going to know? God has a will for you mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. And so it's not going to be that it's written in the word so much on some issues. It's going to be, what does he want to tell you? That throws me into trusting a relationship and not just the letter of the law. Yeah, right. And if I don't get that in my own Christian walk, then I would say I'm probably trusting in a religious truth, but it may not be, it could be deceptive because I could still trust the religious truths and never know Jesus. Yeah. It's only going to be in the context of a relationship and hearing him. What do you think God about this issue for me? He has a will for me. So that's why I said there isn't a black and a white. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's great because, and if we cannot get into the habit of getting into a real relationship with God in order to be able to trust him and his authority. And if we can't lead other people, i.e. our children into that, how in the world are we going to expect to be in a world that, that respects authority at any level? Wow. In Chris, life? that's so good because even with what you're saying, and you said it so much better, it's inside that relationship right there that helps you build trust in mm-hmm. the ultimate authority. Yeah, that's right. And I think with the trust in the ultimate authority, you're going to have more of a clarity and a keen understanding through man when it's aligned correctly. Yes. That would because be. you know the ultimate authority. Yeah, that's right. And so kids that we're talking about that just want to push back with authority, it's not just kids, it's adults, yeah, it was sure. Right. Well, we it's want people. to push back and not trust human governing authorities, positions, or whatever it might be. A lot of times it's because we don't have a clear view of authority in its original place, mm-hmm. which is is of God. Yep, that's true. That's true. I know I kind of derailed you a little bit. You had one more kind of principle that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think so. When we come up against uh, conflict with authority of what is, you know, when we clearly see that the authorities around us are not um, the principles by which they're pushing or wanting us to go by, and there seems to be like, okay, God wants me, you know, that conflicts exist. God gave authority, but this is outside of God's will, mm-hmm. and I know this clearly. I think that how we handle that comes more down to not resisting with an arrogance, but resisting with a humility. And there's a difference there 
because I look, I mean, to me, I look at Jesus and, you know, we could say, well, hey, we're not Jesus, but yeah, but we're, we're called also, to be like Jesus, are right. we not? Right? We are. And so did we see Jesus resisting arrogantly? No way. He couldn't have. That wasn't in his character. But we do see him resisting with humility. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, okay, we can take a stance of resistance in authority that is being abused and used incorrectly that is not designed by God. But to do so still with a submissive and humble spirit, I think is still of God. I think that it might be worth the whole conversation right there for yeah. all of us is to really kind of recognize there are going to be moments when we when we are probably right in resisting authority. Yeah. However, it's all in the attitude and how we do it. Right. Um, and, and I think you know again for those of us who are who are parents or grandparents or, or leading the next generation, that's what they're going to watch is how is it that we respond to authority. And so, you know, one of my encouragements to, to parents especially is model being under authority. Yeah. That's model following authority of first God's authority and then the authority of the world. If we want our kids to understand authority, because if we can't model following authority, what in the world are we going to pass on in that arena? You know, Chris, and just thinking about the name of the show, a voice of hope, I would just encourage everyone that is listening to also remember that when you guys are listening to Chris and I and other, our guests, ultimately, your place of trust needs to be in your own walk with God, who is the author of our faith. I am not, no man is, Mm -hmm. but it is God. And I mean, if you listen to a hundred million people, you could, and not have that relationship with Jesus, you have missed what is vital. We're not. And I say that also to just say there's hope in, in just knowing him. And there's a verse here that I wanted to just kind of give out today. And it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him, authority. Mm -hmm. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of his Holy Spirit. My trust and authority, my trust in Jesus is, is trusting authority. And so that's the part where I'm going, this is where we find hope. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Well, hopefully the last couple of conversations we've had have been helpful for you in thinking about how you deal with authority and how you are growing in your relationship with Jesus. Don't forget, you can always go to amione.net to get more information and to learn a little bit more about A Voice of Hope. We are thankful that you would listen to us, and we'll talk to you next time on A Voice of Hope.